From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week as we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So I have a guest with me again today because I actually had one a couple of weeks ago and I don't do this too often. So I'm super excited. This is Scott, Dr. Scott Dor- Gordon. Sorry, Scott. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you were on with me. I didn't catch the episode. Do you remember when it was? It was about 10 months ago, give or take, about eight or 10 months ago, um, how to have uh, better sex and more sex with your Oh, wife. that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. So just a <laughs> reminder for everybody. Um, Scott is a relationship coach and author affiliated with the Dad Starting Over organization. And he focuses on masculine polarity and maintaining a balance of the lover provider roles in marriage and specializes in repairing dead or dull bedrooms, going back to the sex that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to reach out to Scott, I don't think we got this. I got this, Scott. How can they do that real quick? Uh, email is probably best. Uh, plus, you can get on the website at thedadstartingover.com. Uh, my email is Scott G, as in Gordon, <laughs> at dadstartingover.com. Uh, that's a good way to get in co- contact with me. Uh, as far as my coaching right now, my my link is closed. So if you try to click click on my link in the coaching session section, it's it's closed just because I'm completely booked Super at this busy. point. Yep. Yeah. And so you won't be able to click on my link, but uh, you'll be able to get in contact with uh, the Dad Starting Over organization that way. It's uh, it's a, it's an organization for men, uh, but I also I talk to some ladies too here and there, uh, but mostly men. Okay, and I'm gonna have you repeat that. Um, email address at the end for those who didn't get in case they get really excited and listening and, and, and want to get that email again. Okay. So in the meantime, he and I are going to discuss five tips for raising countercultural kids so that they can become independent minded, self-sustaining adults, as opposed to, you know, Kool-Aid drinking, which I'm sure none of the people who listen to this podcast raise Kool-Aid kids, but it doesn't hurt to have tips to help them join the mission of raising kids counterculturally. And this is obviously a big passion of mine. So I'm super excited to have you on to talk with me about that. So I'm going to let you, we, we came up with five specific areas that we feel is kind of where we've focused on as ourselves raising kids this way. And just a real quick for everybody. Um, I'm an empty nester. A lot of people know that. So I'm kind of, you know, been there, done that, been down the road. You are in the throes of it. You have a 13 year old and an almost 15 year old. So you are a busy guy for sure. Oh yeah. So I'm going to oh, yeah. let you kick it off and begin how you want to begin. Great. Well, this, uh, this topic came up in your Facebook group originally, actually. Um, we were talking about, uh, Raising kids, that seems to be kind of your focus at the point now. In the uh, last and, two months, ever since I did that daycare mm-hmm. episode, it's, 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 yeah, real up the end. taken off. Yeah. Which is great, you know, because of uh, this is part of the provider role that, uh, that we talk about. Uh, it's not just a lover role, it is the provider role as well. Uh, so you have to balance everything. And uh, somebody chimed in and asked, I believe it was a millennial or maybe a Gen Z member that was asking uh, for tips from Gen X people. And I was oh. like, oh, that's, that is perfect. Okay. Right up our alley. 
Oh yeah. We're both Gen X people. Um, it seems to be that out there in the real world, Gen X kind of gets forgotten a little bit. Amen. Amen. Just... We have all the answers, Scott. What's, why are <laughs> yeah. they just dismissing us? It's always boomers and millennials. There's all of us out there. Mm -hmm. So it's, we grew up in a very, very interesting time. And I definitely don't want this podcast to come off, you know, back in my day and I'm sitting in my rocking chair. This is the way it's supposed to be. That's not what I wanted to do with this one. I'm just giving you some tips, take it or leave it. And wanted to share some insight on what, what we went through. And uh, the other thing too, is that we're both Midwesterners. Yes. There's, there's a lot to that. Um, you know, we didn't grow up in New York city. We didn't grow up, you know, in Florida. We didn't, we grew up in the Midwest. Amen. I'm, I'm yep. originally from Iowa. I grew up mm -hmm. in a small town and I know that Suzanne, you grew up in a little bigger city than I did, but St. Louis, I guess for Iowa is a big city. Yeah. That's huge. That's <laughs> huge to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no stop, uh, stoplights where I yeah. grew up. There's, yeah. you just have to slow down is what I tell people. Funny. So that makes a difference. Okay. Uh, so definitely there's, there's a lot of things that I wanted to talk about, but I narrowed it down to five tips from Gen X people to people that are having kids now or thinking about kids in the future. Basically, I talk to a lot of people. I've, I've been coaching for about three years now, and it's always the same type of stories. And a lot of this, the stuff that I talk to when it comes to relationships and, and sex and kids and, and, and divorce, unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with your upbringing. It just, it always comes up. I know you don't want to grow up to be your parents, but it, it happens to a degree. You, that's your that's your model that you have when you grow up. It just happens. So as much as you want to not be your father or not be your mother, you, that was the model you had growing up. So yeah. I really wanted to hit some of these here. So let's let's just let's just dive into it. All right. Okay. Great. So no, number one, lead by example as a couple. Great that it. it is it's everything it's everything okay happy parents breed happy kids period it just and happens has, sorry just to interrupt you really quickly this is sort of like the marriage before kids mm -hmm. concept that we definitely subscribe to i don't know that people do today i think it's all about the kids so i think that's oh, what yeah. you're getting at here yeah yeah child child focused marriages honestly that's that's the bulk of the people that i talk to in coaching mm. uh, it happens and it's way worse now in 2023 than it was when we were growing up cuz we didn't have supervision when we were mm -hmm. growing up at all okay we we were we were free to, to roam yeah. as as yep. children so I was basically on my own when I was first grader, literally, you know, and that's, that's unheard of now. I'd probably be considered criminal at this point in, the, in, in life. So the number one priority that you, that you have to keep in your mind is you need to show your kids what a healthy relationship looks like because it rubs off 100%. into their child and into their, into their adulthood. It just, it just happens. So into their psyche. Sometimes oh, yeah. they don't even realize it and they're not coming to terms with what they learned until or what they mm -hmm. um, it's absorbed until later in their marital problems, as you and I both know. Yeah. Yep. Because you you basically get sucked into it. And I, I know your material well. You talk about how your, your parents argued a lot and uh, mm -hmm. it rubbed off into your your first marriage and and unfortunately didn't work out. So, I mean, it just it just happens until you rec recognize the problems so you can fix them. So uh, the quote that I say quite a bit uh, in my coaching is uh, no marriage, no family. That's you know, good. 
Yeah. It's it, it really does come to come down to that. That's totally under your control on your end. You can't really control your spouse, but you can control yourself and how you react to your to your spouse because if you react poorly to your spouse, your children sees that. And it's And will repeat it. And absolutely, yeah. they're doomed to repeat the mistakes. Not all of them, but obviously that's their model. So mm -hmm. they don't know any better. And it's, it's critical. It's, it's so important to have a good marriage and a good relationship. Uh, so you can build healthy children off of, you that. know, what's interesting in our parents day, you know, getting help was taboo. I mean, mm -hmm. you didn't go to counseling in my parents, especially for, men. My parents day. especially for men, especially for men. But I would say just across the board, people really weren't comfortable with it. Um, they thought it meant that there was something wrong with you mentally or whatever. Um, and it's so opposite today, which I think is great. I love that part of today compared to back then that mm -hmm. everybody's so open to seeking help and almost to the point where they're very proud of it and they want a label for themselves. So maybe we've gone overboard, but, um, and yet I don't know if people really, um, think to seek that help for their marriage. I think they do it for themselves individually. Like they'll say, I have anxiety. I need to go see someone or whatever, mm -hmm. but I don't know that they run with their partner to a counselor as quickly as they do for themselves as an individual. What do mm -hmm. you think? I think, I think that's true. And honestly, there's not a whole lot wrong with that. You know, um, if you work on yourself, cause you have control over true. yourself and that's a good thing. Definitely. Uh, couples counseling absolutely has a place for sure. Um, I've found that couples counseling has a tendency to work a little better for women. Uh, but when it comes to individual counseling and coaching, it really is really effective for men. Um, Cause a lot of men don't yeah. like the couples counseling. They feel like they yeah. get ganged up on and it could be a problem. Um, but yeah. it depends on the situation. And it, yeah, you know. I mean, and it's, I, I mean, that's what I do with my coaching. I don't do it together. I do it individually. And so that, go. so I, I get that. Um, but they're coming to me for their marriage. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how regular counselors, you know, in-person traditional counselors do it as far as um, if, if they, you know, I'm either a counselor for an individual with mental health problems or I'm a marriage counselor. I think mm -hmm. what you and I do is a little unique. This, the online is. space has really opened that up, I think. Yeah. And the other thing too, with, uh, with us, since it's a, it's more of it's, it's male based. So most of the people that come into our group and the most people that I talk to in coaching, they're very anxious type of guys, codependent dudes, uh, preoccupied type of guys. So there, there's a certain flavor that we attract, mm -hmm. uh, especially with, uh, with the, one of the main books It's called the dead bedroom fix. It's a, yeah. a book that, uh, DSO wrote yep. and it's talking about sex and it's, it's the, it's a sore spot for a lot of guys and especially your preoccupied anxious guys because they, they, they lack self-confidence and, and that's what really magnifies people towards us. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, anyway, okay, so, and most of, sorry, most of them are married or no. Uh, most are. Yes. Yeah. Mar oh, married. Uh, there's, there's a good amount of divorce guys that come into cause, uh, um, DSO, he wrote up another book about divorce. Yeah. Um, not my cup of tea. I try not to talk about divorce as much as possible because mm -hmm. I've been married for 20 mm -hmm. years and mm -hmm. I don't have any experience with divorce. Um, my, my expertise is, is marriage and keeping it hot. That's mainly what I do. Um, but 
you have to balance the lover with the provider, which is what we're talking about. Here. So hard. I mean, I know that's not what we're here hard. to talk about today. So I don't want to get off on the tangent. Yeah, I don't. Much, I don't. Want, it, I don't want to get the weeds. I know, but that is. But it's important to know that that's what you do because a lot of people, when they hear this, that will speak to them. Um, that's a really hard balance, Scott. I think it is. It is, but but Amen. it's important because keeping the spark alive in your marriage is absolutely critical. If your kids see a loving relationship between you and your wife or your wife and your husband, where you're spanking her, her butt, you know, yep. pinching her rear yep. end as yep. she yep. walks by and you're you're kissing and you're dancing yep. in the in in the kitchen while she's cooking, that's 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 that huge. That's that's the magic right there. And your kids will see that. You know, they'll say, oh, or ooh, or, or yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. give you a hard time about it. But yeah. they see that and they Definitely. will replicate it in their adulthood. And that's what you want. That's what you want. That so, is definitely what you want. Yep. And uh, another critical area that I see a lot is where uh, parents have a tendency to sleep with their children. Uh, they, they, they smother them. That is... That is not good. Uh, that uh, that will absolutely kill your bedroom uh, when it comes to sex and, and your relationship. Like I said, it's sex isn't everything, but it is absolutely canary in the coal mine. Uh, if you're not getting along very well, you're probably not having a whole lot of sex, and that this is part of it. Um, a lot so of people that, just dive 100% into their children, and it and they lose the the lover aspect. That is a real millennial trend. I've just mm -hmm. sort of come across in the last few months, Scott. I really wasn't aware of the scope of it. Mm -hmm. um, the sleeping with the children and the co-sleeping, I guess let's call it co-sleeping or whatever, which yeah. I am so against. <laughs> it is. It is um, a huge if for problem. no other reason, just from what you're saying, it's not only going to kill your marriage, but it's, it's going to harm your children. Yeah. They're not going to learn independence. They don't know self-soothing. All of that stuff is important because they will be adults one day and they, they will need to leave the nest eventually. Um, cause I don't think any, any parent has uh, an idea in their head. Well, some do maybe where you have a 50 year old child that lives in your basement. I mean, that's, ah, that's not, that's no. not going to happen to me. Just put no. it that way. Okay. Gen X in general. I mean, the whole concept of co-sleeping is foreign to us. I didn't, I don't know anybody that ever did anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody it's, did. It's weird. But it wasn't weird a trend me. by any means. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I understand a newborn bassinets behind the, by, yep. the, by the bed. Definitely. Absolutely. I get that. We did that. Yeah. Um, but only for a few months. Yes. That's it. Amen. So, there you yep. go. Time to and, go. Uh, <laughs> yep. And speaking of on that, yeah. uh, you need to teach your kids to respect closed doors. Okay, to keep this the spark alive, to keep keep the sex alive in your marriage, they need to respect that when that door's closed, that's that's mommy daddy time. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and respect them too. You don't want to be you don't want to be crazy, you know, and uh, and traumatize them that way. But uh, but they need to respect closed doors, and you respect their closed doors. You know, you have to have their space, and you need yours. So it's important, and uh, you need to make time for yourselves. So lead lead by example as a couple. Huge, absolutely Huge. critical. Absolutely. Huge. I love that you put that number one. It's everything because it not only is that good for your kids, but it's good for you too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the marriage breaks down, there is no family. So no marriage, no family. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's Just great. I always say great slogan. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. So number two, number two. All right. So yes, you raise boys and girls <laughs> differently. Okay. Boys oh, and girls are different. So taboo, Scott. I, well, Sorry. You know, I did a whole episode with that title, actually. So you oh, know I sure. agree with you. <laughs> yeah. We're different. Men and women are different. 
And you need to foster that. Okay, embrace the gender roles, run with them. So it's better to work with the evolutionary yeah. code than yeah. to rewrite it. It doesn't, it, it's, it's very, very difficult to do that. And if not impossible, and you're setting them up for failure, I love it or, or hate it. I'm sorry, but that it's the way it is. It's the way it is. And of course, the most extreme version that we're seeing now, which we don't need to get off on a tangent on is the, the transgenderism. And that's and where they don't even know whether they're boy or girl. And if you say you're a boy, well, then let's foster it and just to believe them and do that. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's the extreme, but sure. that's I, where, it, that's where it's obviously led for some. It is. Uh, and I don't want to get too personal here, but, uh, but I do have personal experience with this. My, my oldest nephew is now my niece and of, I love them to death. And, of uh, if you listen to this podcast, I, I love y'all. Okay. Of course. And, uh, it is, it's a difficult thing. But um, it's it's part of my family now, so um, it absolutely is. It, it's it, it's in a lot of areas at this point, and this is Central Iowa we're talking about here. This is yeah. not New York City. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that shows you how much the trend mm -hmm. trends pick up speed. But most people aren't dealing with that; they're just dealing with the, um, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill. If you're mm -hmm. if you're um, you know, if you go down into Target and the and the aisle is pink or whatever, we got to make it half blue, half I don't know, whatever they're doing. That kind of yeah. politicizing of sameness and equality rather than honoring uh, boys being boys and girls being girls. Yep. And the best way to do that to is is to embrace your gender roles as a couple. Uh, <laughs> as a man. Yes, exactly. As a woman, you've that's the polarity we're talking about, the masculine and the feminine. We're, we're meant to work together. We're not meant to work against each other. That's just the way that, that's the way, that's the way God made, intended it. Yep. yep. All right. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I know there's, there's this huge movement for toxic masculinity, you know, the Andrew Tate's out there, all that stuff. Some of the things that Andrew Tate says has, he's got a point, but he, I don't like his style personally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't like the the message that he's telling people that you have to have stuff to to have status. I, I don't agree with that at all. But he's obviously masculine, okay? Um, yeah. And there's there's nothing wrong with that, and uh, we need to get that in our heads too, because um, especially for young boys, man. I mean, that's my sphere. The most of the guys that I that I talk to in coaching typically did not either didn't have a good father wasn't mm -hmm. even there he mm -hmm. was empty empty suit or was angry alcoholic like they just didn't have a good masculine role model yeah most of these guys that i talked to and it's and it, it will affect their life forever forever um it is it's a it's a sad thing to see we can we can coach it but it is a lifelong journey for a lot mm -hmm. of these men and um i'm up to the challenge but uh but i'd rather catch y'all at the front end of this um and i know uh, do Did some your parents um what was your what were your parents what was your parents relationship like are they still married oh boy yeah oh sorry sorry four years we don't have to go down here down this oh road. no let's let's do it uh, okay 54 years my parents are oh my still God. together and my my father my father i love that man to death i have no more i have i have the most respect for my father he was an excellent father to me but he was not the greatest husband oh, <laughs> okay interesting. he's He's a bit of an avoidant man. He he prefers to be a loner. He likes to be with his friends. He was not a romantic. Got okay? it. Okay. Not it. a romantic. And now in your head, you're asking, how did I end up the way I am? How did that happen? Well, because I had an older sister. 
Okay. Mm. I grew up with an older sister. So I understood what makes females angry. Mm. I developed my emotional intelligence basically by watching her and her boyfriends and all, you know, she taught me, you know, open the door for girls. This is how you're supposed to act on the first date, all these things. That's important. I mean, we could talk, We literally, we could have a podcast just about um, the importance of older sisters for men. I mean, it really is a, yeah. a big deal. So, uh, but my mother, she's, a, she's an introvert. She's, she's awesome. Very nurturing. Uh, she stayed at home uh, for the first two, two years of my life and went back to work. And they were both very hard workers, that Midwestern work ethic. Uh, I grew up, I grew up fairly hard financially, and I knew what it meant to, to, to work a 12 hour day by the time I graduated high school, just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's another Gen X thing that, uh, that is way different now than it was. I mean, my friends and I, as, as men, as, as boys, basically everybody was working by the time we were about 14. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. were not working mm -hmm. at that age, you were actually shamed. Mm -hmm. You know, you would literally have adults at the grocery store asking you, uh, aren't you supposed to be at work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're just walking around or sitting at a, a isn't that a interesting? Corner. That's such a big, that's such huge. a big thing because that's how we did it with our kids. And our son was working at 14, and um, it yep. was so, it's so odd. Like what? Like he stands out because nobody does that anymore. Yep, uh, it's um, amazing. I mean, and now I mean, you can 15 bucks an hour. I saw it at, at McDonald's yeah, actually uh, in the, the county seat in my county that I grew up in. It was they were saying 14 year olds welcome. 15 bucks an hour. Yep. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's crazy. You know, back in my day. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You said you didn't want to say that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But, uh, it's huge. You know, um, having your own money, being able to, yeah. uh, to learn, uh, financial independence, mm -hmm. having a checkbook, uh, by the age of 16, no one had to balance it. No one had to, had to save, mm -hmm. had to spend, of uh, mm -hmm. um, delayed gratification, all of those things all we learned that. before we were, yep. we were out. That was high normal. School. That that, was that's just the way it was, you know, uh, I had a buddy of mine wrote a, all kinds of bad checks and he didn't know that that was bad, <laughs> you know, and then he figured it out because mm -hmm. obviously he got, he got in trouble. So anyway, now, um, but you do wrote, raise boys and girls differently. We're different. Let's get back to that. Sorry. We got, to, okay. I knew okay. we were going to get in the weeds here a little bit. That's okay. Um, but, uh, but mainly uh, when it comes to gender roles and parents specifically, Women primarily nurture. Okay, sorry, but that's kind of that's the programming. Mm -hmm. Okay. And men prepare kids for adulthood, generally speaking. I was mm -hmm. listening to another podcast that uh, was an evolutionary psychology professor talking about um, studies that were that basically said that's our roles. Men prepare kids for adulthood and, and women nurture them so they can function as ch children. Excuse me, which speaks to the fact that, of course, we have all these fatherless boys. So that's yep, why they're boy men, because they Correct. were not raised to be. They didn't have the father to teach them to be. That's an adult. right. Now we have middle-aged adolescents. Mm -hmm. You know, just because they didn't get that push, uh, they were nurtured, over-nurtured by their their mothers. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And mm -hmm. then they come to me. Okay, and yeah. it's in. It's no no fault of their own. Most of the time, these guys do have a masculine influence. They they kind of latch on to like either a teacher yeah. or a coach, yeah, which is fine. Um, but nobody, nobody can can perform that duty like their biological father. Period. No. Nope. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that's where we are. Okay. So, but uh, but 
I think, you know, you've actually, you, you talked about this uh, a while ago with Andre uh, in one of your podcasts. And I wanted to reiterate this one okay. um, because it was so good. Uh, he was talking about before age 13, mothers have a more profound role in, 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 in raising children. By the time they eat the reach uh, age 13 and up, it's critical for the father to step up and prepare the kids for the real world at that point. I actually told my wife, um, specifically with my son, my son will be turning 13 in January. I told my wife years ago, I told him, once he turns 13, he's mine. Okay. When it comes to a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be doing with him, I, I might have already been doing it. You know, support yeah. me in that decision. Yeah. Because some of these things that, that you're going to feel like you want to do, you want to protect him. Yeah. It's going to hurt yeah. him. Oh, that happened with me and my husband, for sure. No question. Especially mm -hmm. when the sports kick in. So that's that's one nice oh, yeah. thing about the sports is that you have that immediate connection. Yeah. And, and we'll know. get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. okay. <laughs> so uh, but that it's so critical. And I know that's probably a little abrasive to some of your listeners. But I mean, obviously, my wife has a place. Okay. But uh, but when it comes to my son specifically, he needs me. He needs me at age 13 and up. Definitely. He needs me. Otherwise, he's going to struggle entering adulthood and leaving the home. Um, but he, he needs me to push him. Okay. Um, and discipline, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important. Okay. So because kids are special to you. Your kids are special to you. But in the real world, it's fairly harsh out there mm -hmm. for people. That is just the way it is. The world, once you leave your house, folks, the world doesn't care as much as your parents do, okay? <laughs> and it's our job to tell them, buddy, time to step up. It's time, time, to, time to fly out of the nest and, uh, and, 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 and soar. So the earlier the better that when you do that kind of thing, the, the more chances they're going to be successful. In and also and, teaching them how to deal with the things that they're going to see when they leave. Here's how you yeah. deal with a person like this. Here's how you deal with a boss like this. Here's what you do Bingo. when you're working. Here's how you deal with a woman, you know, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. Bingo. Absolutely. And uh, that's another thing I'll be to here in just a second. So, okay. um, but uh, tips for fathers in particular, I'd wanted to go ahead and hit this uh, just because that's obviously mostly what I do. You have, if you have a boy, if you have boys, if something needs fixing in your home, Get your son beforehand. This is how I was raised. My dad was a maintenance man. He was a plumber by trade, and he kicked my ass when I was a kid. All right. He got me when the sink needed to be fixed. Uh, the lawnmower broke down. He came and got me first, and he showed me what was wrong with it and how to fix it. And Pop, thank you for that because there's not a whole lot I can't handle when it comes to fixing things. I know my limits. <laughs> I know when to call somebody, um, but uh, but I do know how to fix things, and that's ultra sexy when it comes to marriage, uh, and and saves money. You know, you know how to fix stuff because that is that's a Big skill. Deal. There's not a lot of handymen around anymore. Me? I have to say, Scott, that's unusual. Oh my, kind of awesome it, that you can do that. Uh, it's huge. You know, I, like I said, I know my limitations. My father is way better at it than I am. But if you have those skills, man. It's a big if, deal. If you're a good lover, if you've got those skills as a dad, you're a good dad. You're a rare guy, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you talk about attracting a female, that's, that's, those are all good qualities. Okay. And keeping a, and a, a wife is, is important. Okay. Long-term I've been married 20 years. You're going to have peaks and valleys and, uh, the, the better you are as a man, um, the better chances you're going to keep it hot. Okay. Definitely. Um, so that's boys. So come, come get your sons. If something's broken, show them what's, what's wrong with it and fix it. So he knows how to fix it. Now girls are different. If you want to do that with girls, that's fine. That's great. Okay. I know, I know some friends that, uh, you know, they're, they got gearheads for daughters, which is fine. That's great. It's okay. Yep. For me personally, what I like, um, for, for daughters at age 13, we're talking age 13 again, start taking your daughters out for daddy daughter dates at that point. You know, I try to do it about every other month. Um, it's hard to do that right now because the kids, they're very, very busy, but you take them out for dates. It's super important to show your daughter how to be treated, mm -hmm. how to, how to talk to a waitress, how she's supposed to be treated by another man. Yeah. Your daughter's first love affair is with their father and you need to show her that and foster that, uh, and, and actively take that role and run with it. And I'm telling you, if daddy daughter dates are awesome. I love them. Uh, I get a great meal out of it myself. Uh, but, uh, I love, I love taking my daughter out and it's, it's, it's a special time, especially as she's getting older. She's 15 now. She's got a little teen angst in her. So it's, it's one of those uh -huh. things where, uh -huh. you know, just, just in passing, sometimes she's got that little attitude. I can diffuse it over a little bit of time and it, and it takes time. So I got to break that wall down a little bit. And the best way to do that is take her out and show her a good time. All right. Awesome. So that's, that's my tips for how you raise girls and boys differently. They're different. Great. All right. So number three, my favorite. Kind of back to what you were saying before. I think you mentioned yeah. it. Number one. Yeah. Free range kids kick ass in adulthood. And I'm sorry. I, is it okay to swear? Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Free range kids kick ass in thing. adulthood. Kick ass kids. Absolutely. <laughs> it, that is how I was raised. I don't know about you, Suzanne. Were you raised that way too? Oh yeah. I mean, everybody, the... I don't know anybody that was over parents. Yeah, we were all like in our day. I don't even, yeah. I'm sure they existed, but I never knew anybody. Everybody yeah, was in the neighborhood. That was just how it was. That's right. Because we were the first generation where both the parents most, mostly were out of the homes. Moms were working, dads were working and we, we had free reign. Come home. When well, the I, I, come I'll on. push back on That's you there it. for a second. I don't think it okay. took mom working for head to to be um, mm -hmm. out out on your own at all. In oh, fact, no. oh no, quite the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it was very much like the more she's home, the more you can be free to roam because she's there <laughs> to come back. You know, like now That's when you're it. working, they don't have anybody in the neighborhoods because they're not safe. No mm, one's home. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's true. It's funny because I think that's more peer pressure. Um, that was kind of, of like, uh, like uh, collateral damage when it comes to that kind of stuff, because my parents both worked. Uh, they didn't, I mean, I was on my own, like I said, and a lot of my friends were like that too. So if I got bored, we didn't do play dates back then. I didn't know what, what the hell was play dates that, yeah. that didn't exist. We just, you know, if we got bored, we went to the, to the park. You're talking about after um, school. You're talking about after yeah. school. Yeah, after school. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So three o'clock till six o'clock till the, the street lights came on. That was mm -hmm. that was the rules. And we just got on our bikes and we went and had fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's memes about it. I love that that I loved growing up like that. 
it was awesome. It, it was. was amazing. But we took it and for granted. We didn't have anything to compare it to. I mean, that, that was we just didn't know it better. Life. I didn't know it better. Yep. Everybody else was the same way. And yeah. it was such a good melting pot because helicopter parenting and Bad. living in a bubble is harmful for kids. You, it is, it's, it's harmful. You, they need to figure out how to interact with other people. Period. Period. And, and I'm telling you, but we were, we were lucky in the fact that at that time, everybody was doing it. So now when kids go out, it's a little bit different just because they're, they're, they're more single. Uh, cause when we went out, we had groups of eight to 10 guys, you mm -hmm. know, um, hanging out and that that's, that's not an easy target, obviously if there's trouble, but you know, it, it was awesome. And obviously you're going to get in trouble sometimes too. And you kind of, you dealt with the consequences, right? Yeah. And you had to do it Cause on your consequence. own. So you were very, very much, you know, learning your interpersonal skills because you're out yep. there. I mean, you know, you get, you're going to, and that's where the bullying, you know, it's funny because the bullying is very interesting. Oh, yeah. There was some, I guess you'd call it bullying today that certainly mm -hmm. I endured. Um, and I think it made me thicker skinned and a little bit. Oh, and sure. I know my husband would say the same thing for him because we're both Gen X. And that's just, I'm not a proponent of bullying. I wouldn't encourage it as a former teacher. I certainly wouldn't allow it, but yeah. um, there's something to be said for going out there and dealing with shitty people. On your For own. Sure. Yep. When you're young. <laughs> life experience teaches you how to navigate inevitable conflict. You have to deal with conflict as an adult, period. What better way to do that in that melting pot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you just learn it. We just learned it as, as children. And obviously, we dealt with bullies. Yes, for sure. I mean, we played games where I was not the biggest kid back then. But I was fast. Um, I learned to get fast because either that or I was going to get hurt. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way we grew up. And it made us tough. It, it made us, you know, we could deal with conflict a lot better than, than kids can now. Definitely. Uh, 100%. You know, especially. Conflict no is the number one. The, sorry. It, it, millennials. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but I see a lot of millennials and they don't deal with conflict very well no. as a general rule. Okay. As I'm not saying rule. everyone, but it, it's a problem because you are going to deal with ugly people in your life. It's just going to happen. You see, you will see it every day in traffic. You nothing like seeing humanity in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you're going to deal with ugly people. And when, when you're going out there and getting bullied, you learn to regulate your own emotions, to, to regulate yourself. And you learn from experience. The more experience that you have, the, the more uncomfortable you get in certain situations, the better you're going to be as a human being. It's just, it makes you more well-rounded. Definitely. Okay. So that's not a bad thing. Now, one story that I wanted to hit on this and this particular podcast was COVID. 2020, okay. spring of 2020 hits. Everything shuts down. We shut down completely for what, two weeks, four weeks, everything was done. We were supposed to stay home. I live in a neighborhood out in the woods. We have about 30 houses here. And all of a sudden, everybody stopped. Everybody stopped. This is 2020. This is not 1985. Okay. 2020 hits. My wife and I, all of a sudden, we start seeing neighbors we've never seen before walk in on the street. Mm -hmm. We see 
kids riding bikes. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how it was with you, but when we were I trying to find new bikes for our kids, you couldn't find them because they're sold out. You know, everybody started doing this kind of stuff and interacting. My neighborhood's never been that social. It, it never was that social. I mean, it's, it's a great neighborhood, but it was way different at that point. And I told my wife, we were sitting in our driveway and I, and I will never forget this. I, I looked around. I saw parents interacting. I saw kids interacting. My, my kids actually discovered the fact that they can walk over to their friends or their neighbor's home and hang out. And I was like, that was just the way uh -huh. we grew up. Yeah. Yeah. And I told, I told my wife, I said, baby, we're in 1990, 1985 right now. That's what this is. And it's beautiful. It, it, was, stay, it was. It probably didn't stay that way, though. Yeah, uh, it didn't. Uh, it lasted about six months, and I mm -hmm. and I told my wife that too. I was like, you know what? Once everything starts back up again, mm -hmm. it's going to probably go back to the same thing again. And but it was beautiful there for about six months. It was 1985 again, and uh, it's unfortunate, but we we know that as Gen X mm -hmm. people, we know what that feels like. We know mm -hmm. what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Millennials, Gen Z, they don't understand this stuff, and that's that's the point of this podcast where. It can, it can happen. You can foster these things. You can't, we can't go back to 1985. No, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. But there are neighborhoods. Cause when our kids were little, we specifically went into a neighborhood that still functioned like that. Yep. So and that's in your, like that's in your control. Three to eight. They were in yep. that kind of environment. Yep. That's um, in your control. Yeah. And actually mm -hmm. we still are in that environment where we are here. We're in a little bubble that mm -hmm. it functions very much like that, but they're grown now, but um, yeah. yeah, you can find them. You just have to. Oh, yeah. You have that's to start in the Midwest, Scott. Got to bring everybody yeah. to the Midwest, right? And that's another thing, too. So I grew up in the Midwest. I, I, I married a Southern Belle. So I'm, I live mm -hmm. in the South. And it's a very, very similar environment. It's a little different. You know, people Wait, talk funny you? here. I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina. That's right. Okay. Yep. But oh, um, beautiful. It's, it's amazing. And that's why I'm saying the neighborhood we live in, there's a reason why we built here. Okay. It's, there's 30 houses here. It's off the beaten path. Not a whole lot of folks know we're out here. It's a dead end street. It's safe. We have to deal with deer, not dogs. <laughs> so um, it's that's that environment that we wanted to have for our kids. And it's been it's and it's it's happening. I feel um, like I feel like that's kind of becoming a thing with Gen. I don't know if it's millennials. But, Gen Z. Uh, I think Gen Z. I, I can Z. see it in Gen Z. Uh, they're taking it to the to to the just to the degree of going to a farm life. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which a is more great. Off that's the fine. Grid. I don't think I could go that far. But oh, I see. That's though. that's my bread and butter too. My grandfolks are farmers, so that's another thing too. Yeah. Um, I I grew up a town kid, but I, my grandfolks are farmers, and all it took all it took for me was a five mile bike ride. And yeah. honestly, I was doing that at ten years old on a dirt bike, you know. Uh, and I got bored. I go out to my grandfolks' farm and tore it up and came home. And my folks had no idea where I was. So come home when the streetlights come on. That's that was the rule. And, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome time to grow up for sure. So I do want to point out, if I may, that I think that sure. of all these five things, that's the one that is going to be very hard to replicate. It's difficult. Oh, for I sure. don't, yeah. you know, people, people, most people aren't going to be able to do that, but I do think yeah. they can do these other things. So I, just I agree. To just throw that out there. Yep, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, you know, I didn't, like I said, not the back in my day thing again. Yeah. I, we saw it when, when, when COVID hit, mm -hmm. that's the way it was for us growing up. 
you can replicate it to a degree, but it mm -hmm. really depends on your environment. And that is under your control. Okay. Now, if you're downtown Brooklyn, yep, that's going to be difficult. Okay. You're going, you got to, you got to, that's a little different. Small town Midwest, 100%. You could, you could do this again. No question. If you live on a cul-de-sac, 100%. No question. No question. Get yourself some sidewalk chalk and hit the, hit the hopscotch. Okay. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. Helicopter parenting, it, it will harm your children long-term for sure. Okay. No let's go to number four. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So uh, number four, teamwork mentality. Now yeah, we're talking about, this. this is great. Talking about parents. Okay. Working as a team. Now this is just a little bit different because Gen X, I, I don't know about you, but they're, they're raised by boomers. Okay. I <laughs> was not, by, I was not. Well, actually, and I, in fact, that's no. interesting that you say that. Were your parents boomers? My parents are boomers. Yeah. They must have been. They had to have been. Because I had, boomers. it was very unusual. I had parents who were 10 years older than my friend's parents. Uh, so I was bizarre. Yeah, so they were the greatest That's generation. Probably why I'm like, have the mindset that I do for my generation. But anyway, go ahead. But those were good people. That's that's yes. the greatest generation right yes. there. And th yep. those are my grandfolks. Yep. Um, I'm I'm 45, by the way. So we're not that far off. But there's there's that gap right there. That's, that's the big difference. Yeah. Um, but the greatest generation, man, I love talking to my grandparents. I mean, you talk yeah. about people that grew up hard. Yep. Okay. Did you talk about the depression? Yeah. And uh, that was my one of my dad. favorite things mm -hmm. to talk about was, uh, how uh, I always, I asked, I asked my grandmother, you know, how did y'all do that? I mean, they didn't have running water, you know, they had to pump water in the morning and boil it. Mm. And that's, that's how they grew up. And I was like, how, how'd you do that? And you know what she said? I didn't know any better. You know, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I didn't know any different. I didn't know any better. That's the way it was, you know, <laughs> and it's, and it's that way. And it's been like that for hundreds of years, thousands mm -hmm. of years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think probably every generation that's older probably thinks the younger generation sucks, <laughs> you know, sure. just the way it is. I think that's just natural, but, sure. but it is different now in 2020 technology is changed everything. It has changed everything. I mean, look at me, we're talking yeah, I'm in North Carolina. You're in, yep. you're in Missouri. Okay. I mean, this it is just different. So, so teamwork mentality, division of household labors. It's, it's blurred now, but dudes need to do dude things. Okay. <laughs> you need to stick to the, dude the stuff. Wives will thank you. The later wives yes. will thank you if you raise yes. your sons to do those things. Yes. Stick to dude stuff. Okay. Uh, our general rule, when we, actually, my wife and I got married, uh, the general rule, because the division of labor is different now. I mean, my dad didn't, he didn't cook. He didn't clean yeah. like that. That right. that's Same. different now. Okay. But I wanted to throw this one in here because it is absolutely critical to work as a team. No more, no competing, 100%. you know, Oh, I, I vacuum. So you need to do this. Let's this, the scorekeeping stuff. Doesn't work. It, you're going to, all you're doing is breed and resentment period. Okay. Dudes need to do dude stuff. All right. Mow the lawn. Fix the cars, fix the sinks, the masculine stuff that will maintain your polarity in your marriage, one hundred percent. Do you find oh, that? You go ahead. Do you do you find that husbands aren't doing that? Uh, it it's kind of a mixed bag. Okay, a lot of guys. Okay, so one of the the, the main things that I see with a lot of guys nowadays is uh, a lot of guys do a lot of covert contracts. I don't know if you know what those are. Mm -hmm, I do. Um, it's chore play. Uh, so they basically, um, they need to soothe mommy because mommy's she's, she's pulling the strings of the, of, of uh, uh, Oh yeah. That and yep. sex. 
Okay. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, well, both. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're like, yeah. okay, well, you know, she says she's overwhelmed. I, and she's telling me I need to step up in the house. So, okay, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to pull the towels, you know, which is fine. And I have nothing wrong. I have no problem doing those things, but you as need to do not doing it. To get they need to be done. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. Do them because they need to be done. Mm -hmm. Not because you want to get laid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a huge deal for guys. I see that a lot in my, mm -hmm. my coaching guys. Uh, and that, that is not sexy. I'm sorry, but it's not, you know, stepping up and leading. That's the kind of stuff that, that will maintain polarity. It just in, you know, reversing the gender roles is, is a not problem. Good. Yep. Long term. It, it really is. So if, okay, so here's an example. You walk into the house and uh, I don't know about your dining room table, but our dining room table is our folding table for our laundry. Okay, just the way it is, all right? Because we're busy. So it comes out of the, the, the dryer, goes onto the, the, the dining room table and my wife is busy. She's got stuff going on. I've got, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes. I'll see the towels, I'll fold them. And, but I don't go, hey, babe, look what I did. I, did, I, I don't do that, Yeah. okay? I just do it because it needs to be done and I stay busy. And, I, and I've got things to do after that. Okay. That will maintain polarity. So you need to work as a team, as husband and wife, not against each other. That's does not work long-term. Okay. Dudes need to do dude stuff, but you need to step up in the, in the house too. When, when shit needs to get done period. Okay. Yeah. Just, so, it, it needs to get done. So it gets done. And you don't say, whose is that? Is that yeah. yours or is that mine? You just do yeah. it. It's all one thing. It's all mm -hmm. about this family mentality that we are one unit. And, you know, mm -hmm. I talk a lot about that with respect to marriage, but you're absolutely right to point out that it's about the kids too. You are yep. a family. The yep. extent, you know, that's um, a great segue because that's my next point on this. Okay. Okay. Good. Because household chores, household chores, it's one of the best ways to teach personal responsibility. Okay. For kids. One yep. thing that I talk about often, my kids probably can't stand hearing about this. You know, here's my back in the day story. Okay. Um, on Saturday mornings, my, my mother, she had a margarine bowl and she had a bunch of little pieces of paper that was written on it that said, uh, vacuum the main floor, vacuum upstairs, uh, uh, clean the bathroom, dust. We as kids, both of uh, my, my sister and I, we had to finish that margarine cup every single Saturday morning. And then we could do what we wanted to after that. It took us a mm -hmm. couple hours. Didn't kill me. That was <laughs> normal. Kill me. Yeah. I still got to see Saturday morning cartoons, you know? Yeah. Um, and I learned how to take care of my shit. Um, and as an adult, okay. And, and to be a grown up. Okay. Um, that's the way it was. I'm sure it was similar for you. I'm, I'm assuming. I think you were raised like my son because he has an older sister. One, it was you and one older sister growing mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And I have uh, yep, a boy and a girl and the girl's three years older than the boy. And he's yep. just, you know, he gets women and he is totally right. responsible. And he just, I, I haven't have to do, I don't think I've done his laundry. Mm -hmm. Well, he's 20 now, but um, since he was like eight, <laughs> I swear, yeah. he's just yeah. incredibly uh, independent. It's great. Now our kids, like I said, we we're busy people. Um, we're my wife and I are both docs. So we, we can delegate a lot of this stuff uh, for somebody that comes in and cleans. That's the thing. That's not a bad thing. Okay. That was actually a Christmas gift uh, to my wife a long time ago where I said, okay, we're going to have a cleaner come in every two weeks mm -hmm. and we're going to do the main stuff, but then clean. we can still, we can still teach our kids, you know, how to scrub a toilet, do all this other stuff. Right. That's, that was, that was important to me, but I also value my time too. 
Okay, you can delegate these tasks. You don't have to be a, 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 an ass yeah. uh, with your kids. You don't have to be a drill instructor, but they right. need to learn how to take care of themselves before the age of 17, 18. Okay, now, if your kids are a little bit older than that, I mean, it is what it is, but you can. it's never too late. Okay, so that's really, really important. And, uh, and one thing that my wife and I do that I definitely want to mention here, we... We as a couple, we've, we started doing this a couple of years ago because we are just, we are inundated. We are full on in the heat of activities. Okay. And that will be my next point, but we have a Sunday afternoon meeting. Okay. Uh, but the, just the two of us, it's always a little bit of a lull right around three o'clock two two, three o'clock in the afternoon. We have a little uh, whiteboard that we have a dry ra dry erase whiteboard. I know there's technology out there, you know these these things that you can do to put down your tasks and when to pick up the kids, what what, what they've got. But my wife and I do this together, for the most part. She she's a very organized person, so she, sometimes she she beats me to it. Okay, um, but we we know what's coming during the week. I know where I need to be, and we go through this 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 whole list. The times when practices are when we're supposed to get the kids, if we've got concerts or any activity that's going on during that week, you know, my coaching sessions, you know, this, this meeting is on there. It, it's very, very important to be on the same page with your spouse when it comes to this kind of stuff. It doesn't take long. It takes us usually about 10, 15 minutes to do it. I know what it's expected of me. I know. And she knows what's expected of her. And we're both on the same page all week. Not only that, but we put that board on the, on the refrigerator and the kids see it too. Okay. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's, it's really, really awesome. Yeah. I can't recommend that enough uh, in 2020, 2023 now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it is, we are all busy and that is my next point. If you want to add anything. So, yeah. How do you do number five since you're so busy? Oh yeah. <laughs> so number five, you don't have to go a hundred, a thousand miles an hour folks. I would say that's the number one killer of marriages that I see uh, today. Oh, definitely. I agree from what I see. Child. Child-centric marriages, it just kills. It just kills your desire. It kill. It kills the bedroom. It, it kills your connection. If you do one hundred percent into your kids, it doesn't leave any room for your marriage. Okay, no marriage. Explain to people no what you mean. To explain the connection, what you mean by that, and going a thousand miles per hour. Okay, activities. Okay, most most parents today they fall into the activity trap. Suzanne, we didn't have this growing up. This no, did, we didn't. This did not exist. We didn't have the leagues. We didn't have the year-round sports. We didn't have these, all of this stuff. Basically, how I grew up is, you know, fall is football. Winter's basketball. Spring is track. Summer was baseball. That was the only thing that was offered for me as a child. So I was a year-round athlete. And I knew what was coming. We didn't have year-round, you know, mercenaries that uh, that only played these sports. And now everybody's doing that, and it is a huge so, problem. It is a huge problem, Scott. But the the problem, see, there's another element to this. I because I thought a lot about this when we were when our kids were uh, your age, your kids' mm -hmm. age. I mean, um, yep. our daughter didn't play sports, so that kind of took care of that. It was actually mm -hmm. kind of helpful on the on the going yep. slower, going slower. Uh, pace uh, mm -hmm. lifestyle, but uh, our son did play hockey for a while and he ended up getting injured and never played oh, after that. Um, but 
he never got to the point of the traveling and we never were going to get to that point of the traveling. And we, we mm -hmm. had so many conversations about what people around us were doing. Um, and to be fair to them, I, you know, I mean, I'm so grateful that we skipped all of that, but I, I feel for them because I don't know. I think it takes a lot to go against the grain, even as adults. And even though it's easy for me and even maybe for you, and this is all about raising your kids counterculturally and doing it different. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to that particular topic with sports, it's difficult because you want your kids active, not at home sitting yeah. in front of the computer. Bingo. And then if everybody else is going that route, you are kind of forced to do it too. Otherwise, where are you going to find the friends? That's the exactly activity? right. Yep. That's exactly right. And <laughs> that's honestly, and this is where I don't totally I don't totally follow my own okay. advice on this one, okay? Because yeah, I am yeah. going a thousand miles yeah. an hour right now, and it is a byproduct of what is your, what you're talking about, mm -hmm. okay? Nowadays, if you're if you want your child to make the varsity team for basketball, he better know his shit at the nowadays, okay? Some of these high school kids that I see playing out here, it's amazing. I mean, this that would have been collegiate level basketball when when I was growing up. And it's amazing what they can do yeah. now. And my, my son is a very, very good basketball player. He's really good at football. So, but I mean, even if you're not one, going, even if you're not mm -hmm. going for the gold, you're not that kind of mm -hmm. person who wants your kid to go for the gold. You just want them to be playing Active. sports the way that you for and sure. I were just playing. Forget Bingo. about going for the gold. There's nowhere to do it except to join the thing, the, the teams yep. and whatever. And that's the issue. Now, like, for yeah. instance, I mean, right now, I mean, my son, he plays uh, Pop Warner Football, which is a private organization here because for Scythe County, where I grew I'm in North Carolina, mm -hmm. they don't have middle school football. Mm. That blows me away. I, I don't understand why that that happens, but I, that's not everywhere. There's that exists in a lot of places, but it's it's just different now. Um, so. Yeah, getting involved in the in the sports and the activities, it's important, but not to the extreme. What you were just talking about with hockey, mm -hmm. you you got them involved, but you didn't do the travel stuff. Mm -hmm. That's it, right there. Mm -hmm. That's that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to mm -hmm. really really reiterate. I know people. Baseball seems to be the most egregious that I have here that I see. Where I've heard that they're yeah. all week they're in practice, mm -hmm. and it's this is all year round too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. They're, they're playing a lot and not only that, but they do these tournaments that are, you know, two States away. They have to stay at a hotel. That's, that's what about the money much. end of it. What about the money? Oh, end huge, of all this? Hugely expensive for sure. No uh, question. And that's where you need to draw the line as, as, as the guy, as the dad, mm -hmm. that's when you put your foot down. This is too much. Okay. It is okay to expose your kids to certain sports, which I highly recommend when they're young. Okay. Just expose them. One practice at the local Y. Okay? Soccer practice. Just to see if they like it. All right? You don't... They're, they're not going to be Pele. Or they're, <laughs> they're, you know, um, most likely they're probably not going to be Tom Brady in football. Okay? Most likely. The chances are, are pretty slim for that kind of stuff. So don't yep. push it. If they enjoy it, they're going to probably be pretty good at it because they're going to be driven. And that's that's what I wanted to instill in my son, especially. I wanted him to, to have that drive and that competitive spirit to be better. Okay, if he's not good at something, great, work at it. Let's let's get better. Okay, because that that will lead into a good adulthood. 
because that kind of those kind of skills that's very very useful for a man and for a girl my daughter it's funny because uh, we started the soccer thing when she gave the ball to the other teammate and, and said you know here you go <laughs> we, we do probably wasn't she didn't really have that uh, that competitive spirit in sports yeah. so um, she ended up uh, loving dance she's a dancer and she's in a she's at an elite level she's an amazing dancer and and that's that's a big one so we're at the studio five days a week they do competitions they are regional stuff and that's that's max okay so the biggest thing is when it comes to going a thousand miles an hour and and limiting it you need to know your extremes you need to know that 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 sunday afternoon meeting look at your schedule if it's too much you need to start axing some things okay well, it's and not going to hurt one. your kids. Pick one thing. Yeah, pick pick it. one. Yep. Yeah. So my daughter, she she dances. She does cheerleading too, but you, you you give and take. Okay, doing too much. Honestly, here's a good bellwe bellwether for you. If if you're struggling in your marriage, and your kids are super active, you're doing it wrong. You need you need to step back a little bit and figure out what's important. Uh, a story that I, I tell often, uh, Tim Tim Duncan. He didn't play high school football, high school basketball. Okay. He was a gifted athlete. He he just went right into basketball and, and knew what to do. Hmm. Okay. Most pro athletes will actually say that it's a bad thing to get your kids involved all year round in baseball as a six-year-old. Yeah. Because by the time they're an adult, they're going to hate it. So that's, that's what we're saying. Pick and choose your battles. Like I said, if you're struggling in your marriage and you're super, super active, going through two tanks of gas, going to and from activities, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Okay? That, that I see a lot for sure in oh, coaching. All that's, the time. That's a, that's a given. All um, the time. Plus finances. I mean, it's expensive to do this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So absolutely. And, but like And I said, then if they're both working, I mean, that's a whole nother, I mean. Oh yeah. Because your ship's passing in the night. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you never connect. So. Oh. Yeah. Very, 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 very important stuff here. I'm telling you, this is, you yeah, know, like so, I said, that last one's hard. That last one is hard. That last one is hard. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the goal for this, just just for you and me in general, is just we, just being Gen Xers, I really just never see anything about this. And I think people want to know how to raise their kids mm -hmm. differently than the um the norm and yeah. i think that we can all use super, a lot of support to be able to do that so that's of why course. i wanted to do this i mean there's a lot of way we could have gone in a completely different direction and, and mm -hmm. been here for hours talking about how to raise your kids kind of culture and get into the politics of it all um mm -hmm. and you know what to teach your daughters versus what to teach your sons about oh, yeah. relationships and marriage i mean there's just a whole litany of things we could have done but um but i like these five i think mm -hmm. they're great um, and super helpful. So let's just repeat them one last time. Sure. Yep. Um, let me get my stuff here. So, uh, lead by example as a couple in, in, in my opinion, that's the most important one right there. Your children's model for adulthood is your marriage, your relationship with your, with your spouse. If you're an arguer, if you're, if you're a yeller, your, your kids are probably going to be a yeller. Okay. That's super important. Number two, you raise boys and girls differently. Embrace those gender roles. It is super important. I know that's 
abrasive to a lot of people and that's sad unfortunately um but you do boys and girls are different here. <laughs> no i don't either absolutely not and uh i i had a good role model in my father and unfortunately i seem to be the outlier from uh, from a lot of the guys that i talk to and that's unfortunate um and you're you're not a victim because you 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 went through that you can reparent yourself but it does take work and uh that's that's why i'm here that's that's what i'm doing these things these podcasts with you and and uh, dad starting over and all these guys it's it's important to me um so and free range kids kick ass in adulthood 100 that's my favorite part of gen x uh, so that no helicopter panting basically is what that means yep no helicopter. Yep. Yeah, no helicopter yep that's right so free range um, i just want to make sure it was clear on that free range kids means opposite of helicopter parents <laughs> yeah yeah let them they got to stretch their legs okay get out there uh, they have to deal with things you have to they have to know how to win and they have to know how to lose okay both of those skills are important in life because you have to deal with conflict what better way to do that than with their friends okay that, that's not a bad thing uh teamwork mentality huge 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 you are in it to win it with your spouse okay there is nothing wrong with folding towels and doing these things but if things need to be done just do them because they need to be done especially as a guy okay because i know you hear it all the time ladies are overwhelmed and all this stuff yeah i get it for sure you know it's our job to step up especially uh, here's a secret if you're if your wife is nagging you typically that's mean that means you're not stepping up as a guy Okay. A lot of times that's what that means. Um, so anyway, a little tidbit, uh, and then, uh, you don't have to go a thousand miles an hour, take it easy on the activities. It's okay to expo expose your kids to sports and activities. But if, if, if that's at the cost of your marriage, no marriage, no family. Okay. Super yeah. Important. I really like that. Um, slogan, I guess you call that no marriage, yeah. no family. Very good. Bumper sticker. Okay. <laughs> Scott, let's give uh, people your email again that we started with. Sure. They missed that. Uh, email is uh, Scott G at dadstartingover.com. And dadstartingover.com is the website. You can look under the coaching tab. You'll see my my profile there, kind of. Uh, like I said, my, my coaching link is not open right now because I am completely booked up. I'm booked solid for two months. Uh, I open that, that link up every now and then, but it, it, it gets filled pretty quickly. So you'll be able to get my information that way. Reach out to me. I'm, I'm actually a member of Suzanne's uh, Facebook page. Uh, I think it's wonderful. Um, that kind of stuff is needed. Definitely. And um, it's uh, it's a mess. It's a mess out here. And, it is. Uh, it's <laughs> a mess out here. <laughs> I like it the is. way you put that. Yeah, it is. Well, for those of us who see, you know, mm -hmm. every day or every week um, mm -hmm. what's going on, it, it is definitely a Oof. mess. Yeah. And honestly, it's the breakdown of the family. It is. That's, that's what it, that's really what it comes down to. Everything comes down to family mm -hmm. uh, in the end. That's all there is. And the family breaks down because the marriage breaks down, which really puts marriage at the top of the family. So therefore yep. no marriage, no family. And no marriage, no oh, family. And then like I said, they, you, you model it in your adulthood. I mean, if you, if you don't see a good model growing up, you're stacked, the deck is stacked against you. It is. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Scott. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. it. Anytime. Um, yeah. And we'll chat soon. I hope. Oh, absolutely. Thank okay. you. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Bye-bye. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker Show.
Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to leave us a review as well as share this episode with a friend. As always, you may reach me with any questions or comments at Suzanne at the SuzanneBankerShow.com. And if you would like to support this podcast, which would be very much appreciated, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash the Suzanne Banker Show. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.